0: Now on the T, it's Maddie
1: and the Caddy.
0: Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Ah, uh, yes, the T-Box dysfunction is back alongside it's the okay. Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and the Caddy, of the podcast. We appreciate the listen, download, subscription, rate, and fun wherever you get your podcast. Uh we we took a little bit. Of a hiatus, and we are excited about today's broadcast for a couple of reasons. One, we're back on. Yep. Two, Pat Perez, who is a part of the broadcast of the match, is going to join us. Uh, you yeah. do not want to miss that interview from a guy who was there in person in Vegas. So, and he's
1: not going to blow sunshine, no. and rainbows no, 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 up no. your booty. It is very he's truthful. Gonna tell you, he's going to tell you the truth
0: about what happened. So let's. I mean, we got a ton of house
1: yes. clean to get a
0: ton of house cleaning. First of all, Michael. Great being back with you. How was Thanksgiving? How how was all of that?
1: I am going to go back earlier than that, but I will say first off, man, I missed you. Yeah. Uh, it has been too long. I didn't I didn't know how I was going to feel about the hiatus, but I was jonesing to be talking with you, man, about stuff that was going on. So it drove me nuts that we had off this long. And the last podcast that we did, I threw it out to our listeners. That I'm trying to get smaller in the crib, yeah. trying to get rid of some stuff. And? We have a lot of listeners with computers. Really? I have lots of emails that I still have not been able to get to of people going, hey, man, I need you to send me that address, yo, so I can send you the self address stamped envelope, and you can put a couple hats or a shirt or whatever in a bag, send it back to me. So the caddy so, shop
0: is going well.
1: So the, the caddy shop is slowly but surely emptying slowly but surely. So everyone who sent emails and, and you feel like I didn't respond and it's not real. It's not that I forgot about you. It's not that you're getting dissed. It's just that it's been a little busy, even with them two weeks that we didn't get to do our thing. So trust me, I'm, I'm getting to you slowly but surely. And yes, you can still send the envelope that's already got a stamp on it and you'll get something.
0: Caddy Salvation be, Army.
1: You know, yeah, kind of like That's that. Good. This is Caddy Goodwill. Caddy Goodwill.
0: Now, you know, we had a couple of week hiatus. I was on the road for college football doing some stuff there, and then we got to the holidays, so it was just best to take the break. But What was we, it like
1: doing play? Tell everybody. You got to do play-by-play for the first time. Yeah.
0: What was that like? It was I'm addicted. I'm addicted really? to play-by-play. They came to me and they said, hey, because they know I'm a big college football guy. The sports center that I do leads into college game day and then it's the first one out of the gate on Sunday mornings leads into Sunday NFL countdowns. So I'm, I'm around the sport. I love the sport. And there was an opportunity. They, they had approached me saying, hey, would you be interested in calling a couple of midweek MAC games? And I had never done play-by-play before in my life. And they know that they, they took advantage of a college football addict. They gave me a little taste, you know? <laughs> and so I did it. First taste is fresh. Yeah, I did it and I'm addicted. I mean, it was so much fun to get out there, back out to a game. I was with uh, Cole, Cole Kubulik week one and then Rocky Boyman, a uh, former Notre Dame linebacker. Cole went to Auburn, but it was just good being out there and talking ball for four hours. It was, it was a lot of travel because you're going, I, you know, I don't know if you know much about the MAC, the Mid-American Conference, but I was in, uh, the first game I did was in Buffalo. It was Miami at Buffalo, and then I was in Oxford, Ohio, for Ohio at Miami, and then I was in Muncie, Indiana, for Ball State and Western <laughs> Michigan. These aren't metropolises, right? No. So you're flying some most times to a connection, and then you're driving into these smaller towns. So there's a lot of traveling and coming back and doing the sports center thing, and I'm doing the ABC cut-ins on Saturday. So the days have been long, but they've been worth it because I always say when it comes to football season, I know you like this in golf season we both are, that, that you you know where that window is where you can rest and I'd rather just go hard while I can right. and take advantage and I'll of it. Shut it down late. And then rest when I can. So it was a lot of fun. I appreciate you checking in on it. You you would text me and check in on it. It was, it was a great time. So There's I mean, two
1: things I gotta know though. Yeah. How much different is doing play by play than sports center?
0: That's a good question because when I'm on Sports Center, when I'm doing highlights on Sports Center I am doing, um, I'm doing, it's a shot sheet. And what that is for the people listening is I've got a a piece of paper in front of me and it's telling me the time that it happened. Let's go, you know, fourth quarter, minute and a half left. So it gives you the time in the game. It gives you what happened. Uh, Aaron Rodgers over the middle, uh, to Ty Montgomery. And then it gives you the result, right? So it's, it's in front of you and I know what's right. going to happen before it happens. And play by play, it's reality TV. It's happening and it's unfolding in front of you. And so you don't know what's about to happen and you have to just react and be quick. You have to do your research. You have to know these teams that.
1: That's, can't, that candidly, was my second yeah. question is the second question is how long does it take you to get comfortable with like, Knowing the second string tight end who just makes a catch on a bang bang play,
0: Michael. When I say that I did more prep for these things than I've ever prepped for anything in my life, I mean it was nonstop because it was. It was. The, I could get at you with an Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Notre Dame. I could, of course, you could, you still got to do your prep, but you know these names because you're seeing them on national TV well, weekend and Miami week and of Ohio yeah. and Ball State. When you're doing some of these schools you don't typically cover, you have to make sure that you. Have done enough homework to where you sound like you've covered them forever, and so it was a lot of work. It was a lot of stress. Um, it was a lot of homework. Uh, but man, I've never felt—I've never felt more fulfilled. I, I, I spoke at an event in Boston the day after my final game. I was—it was a women in cable television event in, in downtown Boston, and I hosted it. And I said that I, I was coming off the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest three weeks of my six-year ESPN career because I, I did something. And it's like anything in life. When we talk about this, when you get out of your comfort zone, right when you're asked to do something that's not normally comfortable to you, well, at first it's very daunting going into it, but when you do it and then you're done with it, there's nothing that feels greater.
1: Yeah, this is so true. It's you know? so true. So. That's the best feeling in the whole world is like, Well, number one, when they're like, uh, you want to do play by play? You go, yeah. But there's that little guy on your shoulder going, did you just say yeah? Yeah. What are you nuts, stupid? You, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to sound like an idiot. Stop it, dummy. You just ruined everything that you've been working for. And then that little guy doesn't go away while when it, when the light goes on and it's like, go. But something else takes over and that's what makes it so fulfilling at the end is you get to shut that little dude up that's sitting on your shoulder. And you
0: know what I did too? We'll get into the match here in a second, but the last thing that I did when I would, I'd wake up on game day, we'd have a production meeting in the morning, you know, to go over kind of the broadcast and then I'd go have lunch. We'd go have lunch or, or something, but then I would always go out of my way. I would go find like a gas station or, or a liquor store or something and I would buy a tall boy, right? and I would leave it in my hotel room fridge for after the game because my tradition became when I got back from my first game, I was like, I'm going to celebrate in my room by myself. (laughs) So I got back to the hotel. Tall boy was waiting in the hotel fridge for me, cracked it, took a picture, sent it to my wife, was like, I did it. you know. (laughs) And so then it just became a tradition. I always have a beer waiting for me in the fridge. Because it was just something I had never done, so it was it was great. That that's the reason for the hiatus. We were I was out and about traveling, travers traversing the country of small college football, and I love it. Mac, if you're not in a Mac market or you don't know much about Mac football, I encourage you to support it because it's really really good football.
1: And it always ends up on bad beats. Yeah. Oh. Oh <laughs> that's man. That's the other thing.
0: That's what Mac. That's what. That's what we talk about. Mac football on Tuesdays is Wednesdays are for the. It's for the degenerates. <laughs> I mean, they're literally scratching their gambling itch early in the week because it's there.
1: Trying to make up for what they just lost. Correct.
0: That's (laughs) That's why Hawaii is the most bet-on college football team in the country. I did not know that. Hawaii is the most bet-on team in the country because they're always the last one to play when they are at home. They're always the last one to play. So the dudes that just popped the needle out of their gambling veins in Vegas, if they just had a bad day, they're on the Hawaii game. If they had a good game, they tried to win more money on Hawaii. Yeah. How about that? Hawaii, the most bet-on team in college football. Uh, Speaking of Vegas, there was a little thing this week, the much-hyped match. And I, earlier in the week, I gave out my grades because, Michael, like everybody, we were so excited for this event. And it... They just didn't do it for me. It didn't do it for me. We'll talk to Pat Perez about this, but the one thing that drove me nuts, we'll, we'll break this down. I'm going to make my initial comment, then I want yours. There couldn't be anything more annoying to me than when you have two of the greatest players of our generation, two of the greatest of all time, ending this damn thing with a 93 yard chip. That's it. You're telling, that's how we're going to end it. That's how you're going to win $9 million. You're going to play 18 holes, play 18 one more time, and then you're going to go hit a chip shot. Like, get out of here. It would just – do something else. Like, did th- that to me, when that happened, See, I started pacing.
1: Okay, I understand why they had to do that because that was the only spot where they could have lights. You can't feasibly at that course light a 500-yard par 5 or six hundred. you would have 600 yards worth of lights. Now, it might be fun for them not to have lights and just play with a glow ball where you break the little stick, because you can do that. Yep. But then still, the cameras, well, all you're going to see is this little flying green orb through the ear, and you're, and obviously you're not going to hear anything. I was disappointed. The whole thing had the potential to be phenomenal, and then when it came down time to do it, number one, a lot of people paid for a service that was free. Yeah. So if you were online, it was free. A lot of people didn't know that the tour was involved. And because the tour was involved, guys were very restricted on what they could do. Mm-hmm. Which, if I would have known that, from that changes the whole aspect of it, too. As far as the gambling that was going to go between them, I applaud Phil Mickelson. Because at one point, he even said, it's amazing how quiet it gets on the back nine. He even realized, like, this, we need to talk more.
0: That was the most revealing part of the match because when they hit the back nine, there were a couple of things. One, when Phil looked at Tiger and he said, man, I'm trying to talk more. I'm trying to talk more. but And then Tiger responded with, yeah, we kind of went back to the old days where we were trying to beat each other's brains in. Bingo. To me, that was the most revealing it got. That was it. Because we all notice it. They knew it. The worst thing that you can do with competitors like that, especially one like Tiger Woods, who is one of the greatest competitors of all time, and Phil, who's one of the—he's a competitor, but those kind of situations make him tick. Just competing makes Tiger tick. So when you put two of those guys together and you say, hey, we want you to talk
1: during—it's not going to work. Because that's not who he is. When he gets competitive, he gets quiet. That's the thing. You can't take someone who, when they are at their best, is the epitome of the word focus and then go, hey, I want you to do that, but listen, can you talk too? That's just not going to work. Now, this is where, and and look, I got nothing against Shane Bacon. He's someone who I would consider a friend. We've worked together before. In that case, when you're down on the course walking in that, you have to do something to instigate Talking between the guys Yes You have to do that if you know this going in So the fact that that wasn't done That made it a little bit Uncomfortable At times which wasn't fun at all It was just It was one of those things where everyone was like This is going to be great And then it was well at least if the golf isn't awesome Or if the talking isn't awesome Maybe the golf will be awesome And the golf Sucked like Mickelson hitting fairway after fairway after fairway on the front nine, and then not making birdie after birdie, it was like, what the hell are you
0: doing? Right, and, and right. So then, when we don't have the conversation, at least give me competitive golf. We didn't have anything until the seventeenth. Awesome spectacular Nothing.
1: Shots, nah. Nothing. Nah. And oh, you know yeah, what? Yeah, the chip in—that was it.
0: And I'm glad you find the PGA got involved. Whatever, it's their prerogative. But no, honestly, ain't. but but that's what I'm saying. They honestly they got in the way.
1: Yes. The other reveal- Number one, that's why it wasn't 10 million. The reason that it was pulled back to 9 was cuz the tour didn't want it to be the same prize money as what the FedEx Cup was. Uh,
0: so what?
1: Well, I know that too. And then so it got pulled back to 9 million, what bothered me was the fact that when they decided, well, you can only have four wagers. So there's only going to be four wagers out there. Now they threw the first wager out and it was supposed to be it was supposed to be two bets on the front and two bets on the back. That was all four part threes. But if you remember, the first wager got thrown out there on Tuesday with Bertie in the first hole. So that's why there was no closest to the pin on the 17th cuz they weren't allowed to gamble anymore. That was How do you keep that from the public? Like that right there is such a sham to me. It just, it burns my chaps. It's yeah. Like terrible.
0: Yeah. He, he, here was the other thing. Like, all right. I think that it was great to give the money to charity because I, my wife. Not asked, the nine million. No, 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 no. The, the, um, the,
1: the, the side bets. Side bets. My
0: right. wife was, you know, it was the Friday after Thanksgiving. So my wife is sitting there watching it. I'm just like, is this kind of in bad taste that there's, throwing all this money when, around the holidays and people don't have much. I thought it was a very astute point. Like, here we yeah. are on Thanksgiving where there's people that don't have a lot and these guys are throwing around money. So she was okay with the fact that, that it was for charity, That the, the side bets. Um, the one thing that I wished we would have seen, there should have been an agreement where there was other side bets for cash that wasn't for charity. Like, if I'm Tiger and Phil, you know what I want to see? I want to see Tiger money go up to Phil and hands. be like, hey, I have $500. You can't get up and down from the bunker. Yes, That's what I wanted to see. That's yes. what we were led to believe. And it Correct. just, and I was even okay with, I think Ernie Johnson is the best, one of the best broadcasters in the business, but they made it to golf tournament broadcast. Right. And it didn't need to be. I was no. okay with ambient conversation with Phil and Tim.
1: It did bother me. Or with Tiger and Joey. And another, this is again, like I'm not trying to throw shade or, or I'm definitely not trying to throw stones in a glass house. But everyone wanted to hear any kind of conversation that was going on inside the ropes on the course. So there were lots of times when you would hear Phil and Tim start talking or even Tiger start talking. And one of the broadcasters on the main team would keep talking while they were talk- and then it was five people talking and you couldn't hear anything and it was just like it was useless you just threw your hands up in the air i felt like i was like this is similar to watching a movie at my house
0: yeah
1: <laughs> it was like everyone starts talking during the movie and i'm the only one that's like i actually want to hear what they're saying in the movie and i will always as a smart aleck turn back and go hey did you hear what they just said and and everyone will have to say no and i'll go yeah i know See, and I'm,
0: and I was okay with. There were times where, you know, Tiger and Joey were talking. He's like, "Did you give him?" I no, he wanted odds, you know. And they were talking about, yeah. And then that conversation was great, and because Joey was like, "He's scared," and Tiger was like, "I know he's scared." <laughs> like that kind of thing was good. And there were little moments of genuine banter where I believe that they forgot the microphones were on. But yeah. then when they're sitting there, I don't, I don't like. What makes sports the greatest thing on the planet? It's the last bastion of reality TV we have left. Amen. This was a made-for-TV drama. This wasn't reality. They were yeah, forced to talk. And it
1: felt like that too at times. You lot. get these
0: two on a Sunday in a real tournament where there's no microphones. Then you're getting Tiger versus. This was not Tiger versus Phil.
1: No, no, because of what was on the line. But that's why. That's why it was important to kind of egg on conversation that just didn't happen it was
0: give it a grade like what would you grade it d yeah i gave it a c minus
1: i give it a d because because then like i'm total the whole total package thing number one the fact that i now got to call my cable operator <laughs> and be like give me back my 30 dollars. i got mine back because i you did
0: yeah direct tv yeah,
1: that's a yeah well that was the thing i got I, an email. I got, yeah, I gotta call them up and cause, and I was at my mom's house, so now it's gonna show up on her bill, so man.
0: Man, you're telling me that's the last, that's the first time a pay per view, a rogue pay per view event showing up on your mom's cable bill from back in the day? But you were Mr. Oh, pay Per View.
1: <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, man, cause back in the day, like, we couldn't get none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have a box. We were so broke, forget it. <laughs> I used to try and watch HBO stuff because you could get the sound and it would be the squiggly lines.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So my mom would come on and be yelling at me like, why are you trying to watch HBO? You can't see it. I was like, I can hear what's going on. All my friends are talking about it and I can't talk about it because I don't see it. But I can hear it though. So, <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a, did a box watch, I That nah. I watch
0: Spice Channel.
1: nah nah, you know what i did try and get cinemax and but then i always felt just so slimy because i couldn't tell (laughs) you know was that a knee or was that what i thought it was
0: (laughs) all right back, back, back to the match as we go vegas here yeah look i you know i believe that the intentions of this were right i was curious and maybe they've missed it i've just been busy with it. I don't know if they released the total number of, of air quote buys that the event got just because uh, the stream... You want to hear something funny? Yeah.
1: So when I called the cable I called them and I said, hey I want to order the match you know, for this. T- yeah. Oh, okay. The Tiger versus Phil? Yeah. I said, can I order? Yeah, of course. Man, we've been getting a lot of calls. I'm like, really? How many? He goes, like ten. <laughs> What's that's a lot? Uh, yeah, I mean, this time of year, pay-per-view, that's a lot. I was like, okay, all right. So 10's a lot. You know what I want to know? What? If they said, hey, we're going to do this again in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, right right after Christmas and right before, before they go to Maui, we're going to do the rematch, Tiger versus Phil. You in?
0: No, I, and I don't think anyone else will be.
1: You don't think do no,
0: you, you're gonna have so to, you
1: don't think they get it right,
0: and we'll ask Pat that. I'm gonna ask Pat Perez that, like how he would fix this going forward to see what okay. he would do. Yeah, because I'm with you. I I just I'm one of those. I think it's it's laughable how often society gets shammed into pay per view fights, MMA, UFC, and boxing. Like I think it's an I think it's hilarious that people buy the pre fight hype. And then they, they hook, line, and sink or spend 50 bucks on a fight.
1: Is it the hype or the hope? Like, are you buying the hype of the fight? Are you buying the hope of, cause I remember, I mean, if you, look, I, I remember me and my friends all chipping in to buy a Tyson fight knowing and actually hoping that it was only going to last 27 seconds. Right. Like, you actually wanted to see that devastation. So you bought the hope. Right. Even though it was like, all right, look, I know it's fifty dollars. Hopefully, some of the pre-fight stuff is really, really good, and there's some good, long-lasting brawls that happen. Because when Tyson comes in, like, oh snap, like this ain't gonna last long. It was like Ronda Rousey back in the day. Same thing. Like, you know, forty-nine dollars. If you get a dollar a second, you may, you were cool with that.
0: Yeah, but you understand, though, the whole point of the pre-fight. Press conferences and hype. The people that run these organizations are saying, okay, here's what you have to do. You need to go lie, make threats, and cause fights during these press conferences to drive up the intrigue, to drive up the buys. That's the whole point of it. That's why it's a show. Now, HBO is the one that duped me because I was kind of anti this thing from the beginning. It's like you're not going to get Tiger versus Phil. Tiger versus Phil is a real major, it's a match. But then I watch 24-7 on HBO, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, nah, I'm in. I'm in.
1: So, so HBO
0: actually owes me $20 back. because I watch that, and I'm like, oh, man, this is the greatest thing. I mean, I'm ready for it. And so, look, I I hate being so negative about it because I, I'm the person that I always make fun of. Like, I was duped into believing this was going to be a thing. The funniest part was at the end during the – because there would not be there wasn't even a post match interview. It was so that quick. That
1: was, that was the worst part that they cut the, they cut the coverage off. The, you know, there's no interview, there's no post around interview. You don't, there's no press. There was a press conference, but that wasn't even online. They cut the coverage off online too. So it was, it was absolutely, yeah. But the you, potential was there. It was awesome. But when it comes down to it, like you said, there's no sex in the champagne room, no matter what the dancer tells you. Yeah. There's no sex in the champagne room.
0: There were two. There was too much meat left on the bone. There were a couple, and I'll and we'll we'll, we'll get to break in just a second to get to Pat Perez. But there were there were a couple things that stood out. The one where Tim wanted to cuss, and he told Phil, "Man, I got to say that cuss word." And Phil's like, "Don't do it. Don't you do it." Brand Phil is not going to have his brother dropping f bombs. On a pay per view, man. And even Tim looks at me and goes, What do you, it's pay per view. Who cares? Right.
1: Yes, that so, was awesome. That
0: was a good moment. Great conversation. Uh, yep. Tiger on 17, just like the old days, buddy, was a great quote after he chipped it in. Um, and then the exchange between he and Tiger on the 18th, where he's like, You've been doing that to me for 20 years. That was memorable.
1: Um, as a, I liked when Phil said to him, I don't want to win, when Tiger had a five and a half yeah. footer. And Phil goes, Man, you know what? I don't want to win like this. I don't want to win like this. Pick it up.
0: Yeah. That was that was a memorable moment cuz it yeah. was the right thing to do. And then yeah. as a nerd, as like someone who follows sports, who played sports growing up and someone who likes golf, I was curious to hear I wanted to hear their breathing cycle pre and post shots.
1: I could hear Tiger's breathing. Yeah,
0: he would do that big sigh before. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was as a golf nerd, I thought that was fascinating.
1: Yeah, uh, I geeked out on that too. And hearing Phil huffing and puffing when he was walking in, he goes, I haven't even started warming up yet. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. 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 <laughs> At least we know Creepy Phil would be good on the phone. He'd be like, hey, man, what you doing <laughs> today?
0: Here's, here's the one thing Phil didn't do. He didn't lose his every man reputation after that because was like, "Oh, that's me on the golf course." All yeah. right, enough a of us going to Krispy Kreme. Coming, <laughs> coming up next, a guy who is actually on the broadcast who has no filter and explanation. The great Pat Perez coming up next on Maddie and the Caddy. Welcome back to Maddie and the Caddy. And the uh, podcast is now two thirds filled with Sun Devil legends. We are now in yes, Ari- Arizona State Show. The great Pat Perez joining us now. I think uh, I
1: just threw up in my mouth.
0: Well, you should because now you're surrounding <laughs> Well, you him. should.
2: We're going to have the best wide receiver going coming out of the uh, – I, I think I think Harry's going to be the first wide receiver taken next year. I do.
0: He is an absolute stud. If the Cardinals didn't suck so bad, they could move down in the draft and get him, but they're going to have a top, uh, top few pick. That's going to be too high.
2: The problem is I hate to see him go there because there's still nothing going to be around him. I want to see him go somewhere – You know, where, well, hopefully he's got a chance to catch the ball. That kid is amazing, though. I mean, he's unbelievable. Yeah,
0: it was big, big news out in the desert this week. Nikhil Harris Arizona state announced he was going pro. Another Sun Devil making big news this week. Phil Mickelson in the match. Pat Perez was on the call. And I I want to start at a couple of places with you. And the first one is, is you liked it during the telecast. I didn't like how it ended with the 93-yard chips. I thought it was stupid.
2: Off the putting green, no less. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it was um, – I never thought it would get that far anyway. I think there was kind of a makeshift thing. I, I think they had an idea of something, but I didn't – I thought it was going to be off some grass. I, th- I was looking for a uh, – you know, behind me, I thought – and behind that putting green, I thought there was going to be a little bit of, you know, an area cut so they could actually hit from like 100. 93 yards off a of putting green <laughs> to determine who the hell wins $9 million? I mean, that that's not for me.
1: And I didn't think f- it was that great. <laughs> i got to give you mad credit, too. Uh You, in my opinion, saved the show. Yes. Because, first off, when the playoff happened, you were the only one who actually said hitting off a putting green is going to make the ball do something different. And after you I said that, Tiger went teed. long. Yeah. And then yeah, Phil actually Tiger hit it right, and so then those high. guys were teeing it up. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, Tiger teed up so high. And I couldn't really tell. They didn't really have it zoomed in on my TV, but then I saw it go, well, this ball is teed up so high. When you tee it up, obviously, and I even said this on air, I said everybody's heard that term, tee it high, let it fly. That's what it is. When you tee off with a wedge, the problem is you're hitting so high on the face that it actually acts like a flyer. You know, that's what you do with a flyer in general is you hit it off the top of the face in in you know Bermuda grass. That's why it's called a flyer. This was the same thing, but the fact that Tiger did it twice, I was so shocked. I couldn't believe he hit, he flew that green twice. With the same club, same everything,
0: and that—that that was my problem. Is we have two of the greatest golfers of this generation playing for nine Especially million wedge dollars. Players. Yeah, mostly wedge players. Like what? What do we? I mean, they did. Did you get the sense? I don't know if you talked to him afterwards or during the during the broadcast. Did you? Did they ever feel comfortable?
2: I don't know. I mean, Tiger didn't talk to me at all anyway, so I think he's
1: still. <laughs> he's still yeah, well but he, you know what? He didn't talk to <laughs> Phil either, so it was uh, nothing new. I'll,
2: I'll give you a rundown of the whole thing here. It, it, you know, when I got there, we were all inside the locker room hanging out. Nobody was talking to me, of course, but, you know, I was, I was kind of trying to find Sam, you know, Sam, and Charles didn't get there until 10 minutes before the broadcast. You know, he checked me, like, 2 a.m. that night looking for him. I'm like, bro, you know, 2 a.m., I'm, I'm trying to get ready here. I'm trying to make sure I don't suck tomorrow. I'm, this and that, I'm a little nervous. Well, he didn't show up for rehearsals. He didn't show up for the pregame deal. He showed up for nothing. Anyway, but he's, he is the greatest, obviously. But nonetheless, you know, so they were – weeks ago, they were saying, yeah, yeah, Phil and Tiger, they're going to do all the talking. They're going to do this and this. I said, guys, you're already off. I said, you're already off. I said, I want to be on – I want to be down the grass so I can kind of instigate stuff and talk about it. Now, yes. Natalie Goldblast, in an interview, or she did something right out of the gate, like right before they teed off. She went dark the whole time. She was I ghost. Her, she was nowhere. She was supposed to interview celebrities around the course. And for some reason – she was just gone. I don't know what the hell happened there. But so, you know, two things I wish would have happened. One, I didn't I couldn't really hear um you know, the other panel. But I wanted what they should have done was had, you know, our four panels and their three panel switch holes. Like so me, Cham me and me, Chuck and Sam should have should have done one hole yep. and yep. then they could have done another hole. We would have made it more fun. And what they really should have done in the end was they should have put me and the Chuck, me and Chuck in a cart on the tenth tee and sent us out to talk to these guys and instigate because I knew this was going to happen. Once they got competitive again, the talking was going to be over. And the worst thing that could have happened was that Phil was going to be up. Because if Phil was up, then Tiger was going to get pissed.
1: <laughs> and and he then he was going to like, I'm
2: not losing this guy. I just you know, I just won. I'm back. I'm not losing this guy because my <laughs> was on the line more than his because I've always been beating him. So there, that's what I knew was going to happen. So, you know, around 11, 12. They didn't talk anymore. Now you got to remember, the commentators are trying to trying to fill in time when they're trying to talk because these guys aren't talking to each other. Right. So guess what? You know, um, that's but why everyone he- said, "Oh, the commentators are talking too much." They had to, or else you would have just heard Phil's loud breathing.
1: That, well, yeah. yeah, that's true. That dude that's was – I, I felt good about the shape that I'm in, the way that he was breathing, getting out of the bunker. Well, but, see, the problem, right, too, was when the two of them did start talking, Peter Jacobson stepped on it. But yep. I found out i found out a little nugget. And I'm curious to know if you knew this too, Pat. Oh. They were only allowed to make four bets yeah, for no, the that's whole also, match. That's also,
2: that's also I don't, I don't buy that at all. No, but, it's okay, true. But the four bets should have been – Different than what everyone thought it was going to be. Yeah. Correct. You know, but everybody is... knew it was going to be a close to pin on five. You know, th- the thing is, th- this was messed up. The tour, obviously, the tour screwed this up because this yes. was not what people wanted to see. What I wanted to see, if I was paying $20, I want to hear, I want to see these guys show up in, you know, shorts, t shirt, backward hat, whatever. I want yes. music playing, maybe some drinks, you know, carts. Whatever. This has to look like your normal Sunday public golf match. That's what it needs to look like. This this thing missed the boat in many areas in my, in my position. There was no talking. There was no trash talking. There were no side bets. You know, there were so many things going on that it just didn't seem right. You know what I mean? And I think that's what everybody wanted to
0: see. And, and that's know, what we didn't get. And I didn't mind. There were a couple of times... One time, I, Phil went off on a, on, a, on Arizona State football, losing to Oregon of the two-point conversion, talking about Herm Edwards, and the broadcast didn't think that that was good enough to, to listen to. And so that the, the broadcast crew, Ernie Johnson and crew, I, I love Ernie, but then they started getting too golfy with it. At that point, I'm like, you know what? Lay out whatever natural conversation uh, yeah. Phil and Tim were having. I didn't care what it was about. I just wanted to hear something.
2: No, connection. That's what it was. But the thing is, people... You know, right out of the gate, it's like, oh, how great this is, and that, and that, and that, Everybody knows it's great, okay? You don't have to, like, sell it. People have already bought it, you know? So it it just needed some more action, like, after hole five. And that's where it started to die. And, you know, I think if they would have come to Sam and Chuck and I, we could have filled in that void a little bit. But also, you needed someone down on the grass. This is why, right. and I, I like right. Shane Bacon, I love Natalie, they're great. But you need instigators down there to go. Hey, what the hell are we doing out here? You know, who's going what? Can this guy get this up and down? The four challenges are so stupid. Why can you not have more side bets going on other than four challenges? I
1: mean, it's that's a great stupid. idea, but that was the tour. You know? That no, was the tour the coming man, in, and I'll tell you exactly why I think. I, I'll tell you exactly why I think they also missed on letting you, Chuck and Sam, go at it was because. <laughs> Sam had it right in the beginning when Chuck was trying to oversell it, and Sam was like, come on, man, this ain't that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. And Charles Barkley goes, hey, man, shut up. I only got half my money so far, okay? So let's not start ripping this thing. Like that kind of real talk is exactly what people, I think, were jonesing for. And like you said, if there was someone down on the course when Tiger's 10 yards in front of Phil, someone should have been there yelling, hey, man, get back here. Let me yeah, ask you guys me something. You can't take a break. You can't not talk to each other for the last five holes, six holes.
2: <laughs> That's not what this is about. You know, uh, the tour may have screwed it up, but the challenges were, were weak. And then the, you can't not take a challenge. You know, you can't – it's all going to charity. So that makes it look like you just cheated the- – someone just cheated the charity out of some money, which sucks. <laughs> but, you know, so you're telling me in the end – and here's my other thing in the end. They say, all oh, $9 million winner, take it all, dot, to dot. da uh, we talked about this. There's no way that's the case. So you're telling me in the end that Tiger flew in from Florida. <laughs> okay, that big old jet flew all the way in, came in, lost that nine million. We didn't lose it. Didn't have it. But then he lost six hundred thousand to Phil. He's got to give six hundred thousand to Phil, and, and he, he didn't get to do the Thanksgiving he wanted to. So you're telling me the whole thing cost him whatever the trip cost and six hundred grand. There's no way. None. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> None. He there's was no he way. was
0: getting there's, there's, something from that. Yeah, the split is
2: is what it is. They weren't fooling anybody. You know, the idea of it was phenomenal. I love the fact that they got to use you know my two you know my two idols of, of my generation for sure. The guys that I've been watching kill it for so long, and you know, changed the face of golf for gener- definitely my generation and future to come. But this was not that. This was not a Sunday at the U.S. Open or Augusta. This was supposed to be a hidden giggle with especially when it's not even their own money, that's the biggest part. If it was their own money coming out of pocket and you know what would have been cool is if they had a golf cart going around with like clear cases of money. Yeah. Following these two <laughs> guys, right? And then every time you lose a bet, you get to um you know, you gotta go into the till and take out money. That would have been cool.
0: Casino cocktail waitresses. It's Vegas.
2: Yeah, cocktail. They had a cart going around, but you couldn't really tell. I would have this big old tiki hut cart, <laughs> you know, falling around. There's just it needed to be more like the Sunday afternoon gambling match with your friends, not a not a a typical Sunday sponsor deal where you know everybody probably you know I, I think everybody was a little bit um, disappointed with it. Now you would you know. know in the is- end, they got it when twenty three holes. There are 22 holes. If it didn't go that far, think about if that thing was over on the 16th hole. Everybody was like, well, now what?
0: Yeah. <laughs> back to, Brad, back you know, to Friday comedy. So that and was, that was
2: boring. As so now what? Now now it's over. You know, because we were thinking. I kept asking questions, going, hey, guys, if this thing's over at 16, are they going to do like a million dollars on their own money? Two holes coming in. They got to play 17, 18. And then, nonetheless, they should just hit the 93 yard shot for the 600 invited guests that were around the. Uh, the clubhouse.
1: I like your idea, of Barkley hitting that shot after oh, talking all that smack. Someone would have been killed. Some, well, one
2: hundred percent. I would have loved to see, but that's the kind of things. So if you're going to make it fun, let's make it fun. Everybody yes. knows that Charles swings horrible, <laughs> and everybody would—I mean, there's not a person alive that wouldn't want to watch him hit that shot. That's worth twenty bucks. So that's worth twenty dollars alone. Let me tell you—you <laughs> know—the idea, like I said, the idea was phenomenal. The, the TNT crew I worked with was. They were awesome. Turner Sports, everybody that, that ran that thing was phenomenal. But, unfortunately, what we, what we wanted to see, I don't think we got to see. Everybody wanted to hear more talking. And the fact that everybody's so pissed about the commentators was because they had to make up for what was not happening on the course. Our two stars, our two TV stars with the mics, weren't doing what they were supposed to. So everybody felt like they had to fill in. But I thought it would have been cool – if they, they went back and forth in the back nine, like they used our bench and then they used their bench I mean they only came to yeah. me what three times for 15 seconds right and everybody else was
0: like Charles was walking on the clubhouse he wasn't even watching <laughs> <laughs> when did he you know, decide that, but, when did he decide to just punt he
2: he didn't like it he, you know he there was no trash talking I mean you know he's used to basketball and you know right. with and they trash talking off and that's what this was supposed to be more of now I get it you know, because everyone's like, you know, when is Phil going to use the F word? I go, Phil wouldn't use the F word if somebody blew up his plane, you know. Right. This guy is <laughs> so nice. He's so great, you know. But he's not going to do that. And then when Tiger missed that ground, he's he's like, oh, shoot. You know, <laughs> no, or whatever. He's right. like, oh, well. Fiddle Well, you know. Well. Did a Matt Kuchar. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm like, are you, who, are, who are these guys? But, you know, this is what I was saying going back to. When you bring sponsors into it and you have all these kind of things, those two guys are the biggest we have, and they have to keep their sponsors happy. You know, and everyone's like, oh, this is great. They're going to cuss. They're going to do this. So guys, you're not going to hear any of that stuff. These guys have to go back in the real world with their $20 million sponsors, and they're going to have to face them and go, well, you know, we, we, we cuss, but, you know, that doesn't count because it wasn't a real event. But they're going to go, well, it counts for the people. So, <laughs> So we all That's agree.
0: We all agree that the premise was fantastic. I'm making you the leader, the chairman of how to fix the match going forward because I think we all have an appetite for something like this. Pat, how would you uh-huh. fix this format going forward? Well, I think you definitely
2: have them do it again, but they can't do it on their own. What I what I want to hear, and this would be phenomenal. This is what I would take. I would take J T. and Jordan playing Brooks and DJ in a four-ball match. <clears throat> they're mic'd up. So now when you have a four-ball match, now you're going to get plenty of talking because they are such good friends that they're going to talk so much, you know, between the two, between each team, and then they, they're going to throw some smack. They'll throw some smack, but now you're going to get a lot of conversation. Now, commentators won't have anything to do with it because they are going to do all the talking. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I think that would be cool. Maybe a, one grudge match. You know, one, you pick two guys and. Maybe the public don't think they like each other and or, you know, you take like a, you know, unfortunately, you know, I love my boy P. P. Reed, but he's kind of been a controversy. You take him and then from the, you know, like another side, like you take Poulter, you know, and you have this, yeah. this real, oh. real grudge match that goes on where, you know, there might not be, there might not be any trash talking, but you know that those two hate losing and you may get some back and forth. Hell, you might even get a comment right. that people want to hear something that, makes it uncomfortable. That is what this thing needs. But you leave the two icons, and then they're the final match, and you let them do their thing. But you, I think you need a four-ball match to get a lot of conversation. You get one hate match, and then you get, obviously, the icons. You get Tiger and Phil. And that's how you make it worth. You know, maybe then you can make it, maybe make it $29. You know, maybe that kind of deal happens.
0: And get, get out of I here with not fair. letting the public in. Let, let, let there be some kind of atmosphere. Yeah, there there
2: has to be some type of lotto because there isn't enough space out there for yeah. two thousand people. That is the thing. The six hundred people was very crowded. Like Drew was out there, I got Drew a ticket and, and my father in law my father in law came after nine holes, he's like I can't see anything. So he he's had a club out to watch football and watch the golf. So, you know, there's not enough people out there for it. Now they had a lot of uh, you know, MGM uh, you know, high rollers and VIPs and stuff like that. Now they had celebrities and stuff like that too. But um, I think they could have cut that down a little bit because it wasn't about any other celebrities there, you know. But if you were, Natalie was supposed to interview him, and for some or somehow that all got shot shot away. I don't know what happened with that, but you know, like I talked to Reggie Bush, he was there, and you know, what? Uh, this kid Brody Smith was there, and um, yeah, who else, there? who else was there? It was a there was a bunch of people. <clears throat> there was a bunch of celebrities there, and, and you when you guys were
1: them. live on when you were live on the air. Were you FaceTiming with Jordan and Jordan Speed and Justin Thomas?
2: Yeah, yeah Justin Justin Facetime me. I said, hey, I said, are you guys going to watch the match tomorrow? And he said, yeah, probably not. And I said, yes, you are. I said, I know you are. I said, FaceTime me during my pregame at 11 o'clock. And he did. He called me like six times and I finally saw. So I picked it up, and that's when I was showing Chuck and Sam and the sat and the this guys is my live ear goes, on the, the air. The it
1: phone. was awesome. Get the,
2: Get the hell off the phone. Get off the phone. I go, I said, these are the guys we want watching. I said, relax. Relax. Okay. Relax. And I said, it's pregame. Okay. Bro, it's free. Relax. I'm sure the, yeah, the
1: producers were freaking out when they saw you answering your phone and then hold oh, it I was up. On the
2: phone the whole, I was on the phone the whole time. I'm like, Guys, this is a this is a fun event. You know what's a, what's the deal here? But it was the producers were awesome. They were I mean they were phenomenal. I'm telling you, they, the whole thing was fun. They let me have some fun with it.
0: But you know, was there anything it can be fixed? Did did Vegas? Was there any Vegas post game fun? Did you guys all get out of there? Or did did you do the Vegas? Well, we did.
2: You know, we did Vegas for four days. I mean, I was drinking the whole time. So, <laughs> uh, but we had a fun night with Charles that night. I mean. That guy is incredible. He is so awesome. It's amazing. Sam got the hell out of there immediately, but Charles stuck around. We went, we went and had drinks with him, and and had, to, you know, we had like an after, like a post deal with uh, the Turner Sports. But, I mean, that Charles, he is so. We we were throwing, we were throwing smack around all night. And then Coach actually started to get mad because, you know, he was throwing it to me, and, and he kept telling her like, you know, guys talk. <laughs> you cannot interfere when guys are going at it. And it was, but the guy's amazing. He's literally, he's one of the best people I've seen with people in general. You know, people would see us in the bar and they would be staring. He'd be like, come on over, baby. Come on over. You know, and he would take pictures with him and talk to him. He is phenomenal with people. I mean, he really is. is he's, Char- he's the best.
0: Was Charles better at basketball or Las
2: Vegas? Oh, much better, um, Probably basketball because he did not do well on that table. <laughs> he did really poorly on that table. So, yeah. unfortunately, but um, yeah, we had a fun, We had a blast, and you know, I'm, I'm hoping to be part of it next year. I hope that we can, um, you know, I I hope things are a little different. I think, like I said, I, the premises is phenomenal. I think people were were very excited to see it, but I think it was a little lackluster in the end. But you know. These guys are going, these guys are competitors. You know, Tiger is the ultimate competitor. He does not want to lose, but he is what he's always, he was, he was what he has always been in the fact that he does not like to lose. And when he was down, he's, he's to himself, he keeps himself, he's so mentally strong, he was figuring out a way to win. The TV aspect and the talking was, was out the window for him on that, you know, at that time.
1: So, I, to- I totally agree. We talked about that before on our little out-of-bounds thing, and I I do believe I might owe you a little bit of money because of how long the match went, but I'm curious about the Charles Barkley thing because you and I have talked about this before. As you get older, you can party like a rock star, but you can't recover like a rock star. Mm. I don't no. understand when you said Charles Barkley was calling you at 2:30 a.m. to come out and party with him the night before the broadcast, and then he was ready to go out again that night. Oh yeah, no,
2: he went. <clears throat> he had to fly out from at 3 a.m. to go to Alabama on uh, you know on uh, Saturday, and you know he's smashed. We're smashed in the in the Mansions Bar. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> i like, bro, i got to go to bed. I'm dead. I'm so tired. I've been up for two days and all these production meetings and all this other crap. I was that nervous. You know, I wanted to make sure I didn't screw it up. He's like, man, what are you doing? Come on, we got to go. I'm like, bro, I'm out of here. That's it. And he, he had to leave two hours later. So he's unbelievable. He's an absolute star, but he is absolutely the greatest. I mean, he is so funny to be around. But, uh, yeah, I, I was beat, man. You know, I was, I was nervous for about three days starting into it because I, I didn't want to screw up. You know, I wanted to make sure I did it right. I was trying to do some research on stuff. And you know, in the end, I didn't really get to use what I did or what I wanted to. So
1: better to be over-prepared, though. And I, your jacket looked fantastic. Jacket was phenomenal. Made fun of no, it. jacket. The Thank look was phenomenal. So. I yeah. think
0: we we need to make you a TV star somehow. How do we? How do we do this?
2: I had, you know the thing is amazing. I get so many messages from all kinds of people. People I don't even know either. Saying you know, man, I want to see you on the TV one day. You bring the color and you bring this, and you know, you bring the truth and you bring this. I said, you know, you know, maybe one day, you know, TV. might... I never thought I would do TV in my life ever, but I actually had a lot of fun with it. It is a hell of a lot easier than actually hitting the shots and just talk <laughs> about them. Let me tell you. But you know, I figure I got, I got some time left. I want to, you know, I still want to compete. I love competing with the boys, and you know, it, it's fun for me. But I, I might see myself maybe doing TV one day because it is pretty fun, you know. But you know, the thing is, for me, I like, I like to. I, I love promoting the thing. I love talking yeah. about, you know, the great players. And, you know, it was fun for me to, you know, bring the insight that I have because you only have ten seconds to bring it. And you can't him and haw. You either know what you're talking about or you don't. And I feel like I know what I'm talking about because I, I always bring, a, you know, a, a truthful uh, side to it. But, you know, it usually happens to be uh, somewhat right.
1: Yeah, it so. was easy to be right. You called it from the beginning, man. Hey, appreciate you, dog. Yeah. So we gotta, we need to get you back on the podcast so we can talk about your journey as well. Because I know right now you still got trophies to go win before you even think about doing TV, and and we still got our show to do. So take it easy. Yeah, before you, I hear you. you I'm just glad we got me.
2: the, I'm just glad we got the cup back down there in Tucson. That was one of the greatest oh, comebacks. Man. and win. I cannot wait to see. I saw this guy in the gym this morning with that Arizona hat. I looked around. I go, man, you got some balls to wear that thing. So after that disaster,
0: I mean, how about Herm just dropping it on him
2: year one? I love Herm. I mean, I mean, I love him. I just love them. what. What bowl do you think we're going to go to? Vegas. Yeah, that's that's where I met after the first time. We played we played Boise State at the Mac Bowl. Yeah,
1: that's right. And that's so, where you met I'm your my, wife.
2: Yeah, that was where the whole. Uh, that's where I married my wife. Testing. Vegas. Yeah. That's where yeah. That's where that's where our chef story all came together. Uh, I might go that, both of them. Oh, we might that to, again. We
1: might have uh, to. the next time we have you on the podcast, we're going to talk about how the two Ashleys came into your lives, both of y'all. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. We. Yeah. Uh,
1: that would
0: be yeah, good. The Ashleys are out right there. That that by the way, good. I've got a uh, I've got a 40th birthday coming up in a couple of weeks, and Collins, I'm worried about because he, he he's a part of the festivities. Collins is soft in a social situation. What? Oh, he we know that. He he. What? I'm afraid he's not going to bring it. What? He's not going to bring it. I know. He won't. Oh. No, he might bring it. He's my boy. Thank I'm going to
1: get him. See? I'm going
2: to give him six out of ten. He
1: brings it. Did right. I not surprise you with my score at Augusta National? Dude, none of us know yeah cheering. i I'm, 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 By the way, I'm still
2: laying on the ground because I can't
0: believe it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, go so do your,
0: go do
2: your thing, man. We go appreciate do your commercial, you. Commercial, man.
0: Appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, tell Arizona I said hi. I'll be out there in December. We'll we'll get together.
2: Hey, give me a shot. We'll go play some golf, and
0: you know, Collins. I'll talk to you tonight. Out of bounds, eight o'clock Eastern, sir.
1: Serious XM Radio, homie.
0: I mean, that was it. That was from a guy who was on the broadcast, and he had some good suggestions. With with anything, Michael, the first iteration of anything
1: is not going to be great. The worst part about the whole match then the lead up to it is there were plenty of people inside the know that kept saying listen don't expect this to be these two guys acting a way that you've never seen them act before that's not going to happen with these two guys and even pat when he found out that he was going to be part of the broadcast was saying If you think Phil's going to drop an F-bomb, you're sort of mistaken. Now, he was wrong in one part that Tiger actually did drop an F-bomb because I do remember short-stopping that out, putting that out on social media. First F-bomb was dropped. Tiger Woods, I think it was on the eighth hole when he lost closest to the hole. Yeah. On that one, so. Yeah, but,
0: but that, that's not surprising. Tiger's not, no, I mean, that's
1: Tiger though. He, we, was he does Tiger that on live TV,
0: right? right. He, brand conscious. I mean, he, he is what he is. And right. look, I, I think that, uh, going forward, oh, there's two things I want to come out of this. One, when you and I brainstorm about what we want this podcast to grow into, I still believe it's incumbent upon us to make Pat Perez the Maddie and the Caddy correspondent.
1: So absolutely he is going to be our inside the pga tour our he'll be our guru like our go-to guy just because now everyone understands there is one guy who will always bring you the truth that's it like don't ask him a question if there's a chance that you're not gonna like the answer because he'll tell you the truth Regardless of how you think it's gonna turn out.
0: And he look, and because of it he rubs people the wrong way, but that's my kind of guy. He there's no yeah. sugar coating. No. There's no it's like this is what it is. And if you don't you like it, you know exactly where sorry, you stand. That's it. Yeah. And that and sometimes that's refreshing. It oh. was also refreshing to get back on the podcast. Uh we had a little bit of a hiatus. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, we'll be back on a regular routine. I was ready to go. We'll uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll uh we'll talk tiger and the Hero World Challenge, all of that and more coming up next week on Maddie and the Caddy. Again, the social media, at Maddie and Caddy. Twitter, at Maddie and Caddy. Instagram, C-A-D-D-I-E is the spelling on Caddy. For the Caddy. Michael Collins. I'm the Maddie, Matt Barry, Appreciate the listen, download, subscription, and rate Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast.
1: Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.